one of the things I took away from it is I'm going to train for a guy like me. I'm going to train for a guy that's capable. I'm going to train for a guy that's informed, a guy that's that's really looking at it. I mean, when we look at the video, the guy made a reload, and it was it was pretty damn clean. Welcome to the Green Ops Podcast, where we give you tips and tricks each week to become harder to kill. My name is Luke, your host and an instructor with Green Ops. Joined today by a couple guys been on the show before. Um, John, you're lit up. So John Valentine and Matt McGuire out of Tejas. But um, before we get going, we're going to kind of delve into this Buffalo shooting that just took place about a week ago, uh, a little over maybe 10 days and um, just kind of maybe lessons learned, maybe things that we're doing differently, or maybe things that have kind of been validated with the direction that we've taken our personal training and some of our uh, classes toward. But first, I wanna make sure you like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. Make sure you help us grow the podcast. Our marketing budget rhymes with hero. And so I need you all to like, subscribe, do all that so we can keep growing the podcast. So uh, John, Matt, how you guys doing? Thanks for joining me. Hey, brother, it's great, great seeing you. Always good to hang out with the homies. So I know, I know we're all geogra- geographically separated, but yeah, man, it's, it's great to be with the team. It is, it is. So obviously, um, I don't know. Some of the listeners may not have been able to see. There was a video of the guy that shot up that grocery store up in Buffalo, New York, um, last week, and there was a video circle circulating. Now it's kind of hard to find. Um, just because I think it's been taken off the internet. Uh, but he basically live streamed, I think on Twitch, it might've been, he live streamed himself pulling into the parking lot of a grocery store and then ended up, was it killing 10 wounding three more? Yeah. So 13 or 14 total, Mm -hmm. um, people. And, uh, it's a very, I mean, that video is pretty, uh, brutal and gruesome, but, um, kind of, let's just start with you, Matt, like your thoughts on the whole video things that maybe you've learned and then we'll just kind of break out into the discussion so first of all um i'm of the opinion that it's it's detrimental for us to sort of draw attention to the individual focus more on what we can learn from that situation um given the place where it was in new york it's extremely difficult to be armed as a responsible citizen um rule number one right there i think is I don't know that I would rather go to court right there and be like, oh, you had a gun illegally uh, or be dead on the floor. So be armed, be prepared. Um, Obviously, this has been said ad nauseum from every person on the Internet who delves into this stuff uh, seriously and professionally that you need to to be armed. You need to be prepared for that eventuality because you never know. Uh, As minuscule as the possibility may be, the consequence is exponentially higher uh, for that situation, if you're not, and I would say first and foremost, be prepared uh, medically, physically, uh, and be armed. Right, that's a huge takeaway. Just number one. Sure. Uh, yeah, and I think you're you're right. I mean, at what point do you make? I mean, everybody's got to make that decision for themselves, right? Do I uh, do I you know break the law by being armed in this location or not Uh i'm not saying you should i'm also not saying you shouldn't you know i mean everybody we're we're most people you're an adult if you're old enough to carry a gun you're you're an adult so adults make tough decisions 
So, um, John, your, your initial thoughts on, on just after seeing the video and, and, and everything. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I think it's critically important to be prepared, but it's, it's also kind of important to realize like how much seeing what you need to see, how important that is, right. Being able to recognize, because if you're still walking around, like you're, you're taking quality training, like, like you would with green ops and, or, or another, another company, if you're still walking around oblivious or comfortable within the limits of your training, um, then I mean, you're, you're still can get, you can still get got. I think everybody gets got, you know, there's, um, it's a, it's an unfortunate truth. I think, um, people want to believe that, that they're going to rise up to the occasion and always be the hero, but it's a, sometimes it's like, you need to be prepared to be hit. Right. Like I, one of the things I hate is when people will say like, oh, well, if you get into a knife fight, you're going to get cut. Well, show me a fight that you get into where you don't take any damage. And, and so like, I think people, they don't look at it in terms of that. Like, you know, bullets go both ways. Firearms are impartial and uh, you can get got just as easy as anybody else. And you're, you're just as easy to kill no matter how prepared you are. Um, mm -hmm. So, but yeah, so like, and I think, uh, you know, there's a appropriate language you're using, making you harder to kill. Um, mm -hmm. So there, there's a, there's something to that. I just watched a, uh, like an Instagram clip from um, warrior poet. Uh, who is that guy? John on level. John, thank you. And yeah. he was just talking about how easy it is to get killed. Like we, as a person, it's very easy. And especially like in that ambush ambush situation in that video, if you haven't seen it, basically he pulls up a parks his car and there are people outside of the grocery store, either coming in or going out or whatever. He puts the car in park, opens up the driver's side door, pulls a, uh, a rifle, um, out and the first person is dropped in a second, you know, um, sack of wet hammers goes to the ground. And so that person is, I mean, that's me, that's John, that's Matt, that's anybody. Hey, th this is, this is where we're at. We would have had the same result. Now, later on, he, uh, he obviously did some more shooting. And so I think that there's lessons learned there, but that first person that that took a round like that happens to anybody. Uh, mm -hmm. There's nothing. I don't think there's anything you could do. Maybe you could walk around in condition red and, and be, be looking. I, I mean, there might be people making that argument. I don't know. Can't live that way. I mean, I no. in, in today's society, just as a normal human being, given like the stress level that it puts you under, if you're constantly on that edge, you're not living. You're, you're, you're barely surviving at that point. You're just coasting on that high condition and it'll eat you alive after a long period of time. I mean, that combat stress level that they talk about for guys that had high ops tempo, uh, early in GWAT guys that were running, you know, out of 180 days of running 176 missions. Um, that'll burn you out. Sure. That's major stress on your body, your brain, your physiology. Um, but even, even then I don't, I would argue that even somebody who was condition red walking through that parking lot, scanning and assessing, you're not going to think of some nerdy kid getting out of a, a car unless you absolutely immediately see his body armor and go, hey, that guy's doing something dumb. Even then, you've got a handgun. Say you've got a sub-second draw. He turns around and starts lighting you up. There's no, ch there's no guarantee that what you're going to do is going to stop that situation necessarily, right? 
Um, yeah, you're right. I think a tie. Yeah, you're you're looking at getting getting smoked. Uh, like you said, the world is is impartial. Guns are impartial. There's no you know storyline here for the good guy conquering the bad guy or whatever the case might be. Like it may take some blood, and it's it's horrible to think about. It's horrible for us to look at it as people who train people to try and be competent and capable with firearms and to be able to defend themselves and their family to think about, hey, it wouldn't matter at that point, at that moment. If you're not looking, like your back's turned, I'm putting my groceries in. Even I'm in condition red, I look away for one second. It's over. So it's a terrible thought. Like that's a horrible thing to process in your training. Like it doesn't matter how good I am. I could be the strongest, fastest, best shooter. It wouldn't matter. So just to try to give uh, listeners that maybe haven't seen the video, just trying to describe what's going on and then kind of go into some of more of our lessons learned and what we're changing. So obviously he's outside the, uh, he's outside the grocery store. He drops, is it, is it four individuals outside? He shoots four, um, four or five. I, I, I know that for a fact, then he actually shoots into the like window as he's going into the grocery store and then comes across some more, uh, some more victims and shoots them. One thing I did notice, I, so I don't know when he walks into the grocery store in the video, you can see there's multiple people laying on the ground. I think one is injured. I think one has been shot by that, uh, maybe rounds going through the glass as he was coming in, but I don't know that both are, I feel like for some reason they were just like laying, hiding, trying to take cover onto the ground you see him actually like execute them right from point blank range, take shots at them. Um, then he comes around the corner, he kills, shoots another one or two people. Ultimately, the video, I, I don't know if it buffers and dies or it's just as far as my video um, that I have was sent to me. Um, I'm sure he did more damage after the video's over. Some of the takeaways that I took from that. So the, the guy doing the shooting, he was shooting uh, some sort of like AR-15 style rifle and he was wearing body armor. We know that from news reports that there was a security guard in the grocery store that actually returned fire and um, and he uh, returned fire and actually hit him in the body armor. So I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how that's going to uh, affect me in the future, but he did have, he did take fire into his chest and the body armor defeated that. So any, any of that. So that's kind of setting the scene lessons learned by you guys, what you may be doing differently here in the future. I mean, typically, I, I like the the standard of of three and two. Um, so I, I like a, a three, uh, a three into the A box, you know, or, or three into the center and three to the top. So like, I I I think that's a a good standard. Assuming you're able to process that information, right? Assuming you're able to process what you're seeing, uh, because all all force. I mean, we're, but you know, we're, we're professionals here, so nobody's telling you to go down and burn down if you get into some kind of use of force situation, right? All, all force has to be appropriate and minimal. Um, however, you, you've got to be able to process what you're seeing. You've got to be able to call your shots. Um, and I, th I think people are almost are almost like they're, they're comfortable with the limits they have in their training because they're able to do that really good. Maybe they're able to go and get a, an A zone shot, kind of like a body shot. And, and they're really, really good at that. 
and they won't push any further. And I mean, and I mean, honestly, there's some big name instructors out there. They're saying, Hey, don't go for headshots. Um, and those guys are, you know, they're, they're probably rethinking that, that advice. Uh, so like one of the things we talk about here is you're going to take what's available to you. So you have to make sure that you're able to do those things under the circumstances, because, um, you know, we can talk about the averages of whatever happened, right. With, with every shooting, every situation, you can talk about like on average, it's this many yards or that many rounds or whatever. Really. It's like every single fight you're going to get into, it's going to be unique and specific to you. So what are your capabilities and what do you bring to that fight and what limits do you have? And are you comfortable with those limits? Because I, I can tell you right now, a lot of gun, gun guys, a big limit. I see like the ungreased squeaky wheel of tactical training is medical. And that's how you're going to mitigate a lot of the damage there. So, so that's a 100%. I agree. Um, I think there's, there's something there that, uh, Carrie Davis has talked about dark angel medical, it, it, you're infinitely more likely to use medical equipment in your day-to-day life than you are to use a, a firearm, right? Whether it's a car accident, uh, you know, you cut yourself badly in the kitchen or your kids or your spouse or whatever, having that medical equipment on hand, first of all, it's critical. I mean, I, I started talking to Kerry about it. I took his dart class a while back, and I started carrying uh, an ankle-mounted IFAC with me everywhere I go. I've got chest heels and tourniquet and, all you know, medical equipment that's essentially stop the bleed, right? That whole that whole process. Yes, neglected because it's not flashy and it's not cool. Um, uh, we did some training recently for a joint class thing. It was a big event, and the other classes were all like, you know, weaponized geometry and <clears throat> non-traditional carbine, and like they're fun. The, qu- the classes are great. There is something to learn there, but if you want to be capable. At the level we are as civilians carrying firearms or, uh, you know, law enforcement duty professionals carrying handgun as their primary, uh, if you can't stand there on the line and, and put 10 rounds into a group at 10 yards within a reasonable amount of time, rapidly being able to do it under stress of time, none of that other stuff matters. Running around, jumping around cars, and, and like, it, that's a mechanical aspect you have to master and there's something i think that aaron cowan has a phrase that he used he was talking about the fbi qualification at that time but he said look this is graduating from velcro to shoelaces if you can't if you can't strap your shoes up on your own all of this other stuff past that the running the jumping all that doesn't matter so uh, i i think coming back to the fundamental core of what it is to be a firearms instructor to be a firearms professional to be a responsible citizen is to take it seriously. And talking about this situation specifically, uh, that guy wearing body armor is a critical issue that we see that's like, okay, yes, he's wearing body armor. What am I capable of doing against that? If I'm at 30 yards, which look at any grocery store, any Walmart, any place you go today, the aisle down the front of all the registers can be anywhere from 70 to 150 yards at these massive places you know it's it's 80 yard aisles and that's a long shot i mean how confident are you what's that especially the candy aisle right ask me how i know fat kids but (laughs) but no it's this understanding of what are we capable of if you're not capable of that maybe you should try and be um like you said exploring those weaknesses and fighting into that anti-dogmatic approach of 
seven yards and, you know, three rounds or whatever, which all of that data that we see is typically pulled from law enforcement shootings, which is a completely different role than a civilian. Like, I'm not always point blank with you at interview stance trying to intercede in a criminal investigation. Uh, I'm not trying to pull you out of a car. I'm not walking up to you at your house during a domestic disturbance, right? That's not my job. And if you look at the studies that we have seen, the limited data that is out there, the, the variation in distance and number of rounds fired and all that stuff for civilian shootings varies wildly from three to 50 yards. You don't know. Um, and I think the more we can be mechanically adept and capable with a handgun or with our medical skill set or just de-escalation or avoidance, like being aware and being and avoiding situations that we, even if it's just your gut instinct, hey, man, this feels wrong, leave. Like, there's no reason to put yourself in a shooting because you have to prove something ego, in your ego. It, that's completely ridiculous. So the other side of that is there are people out there whose ego has taken them over so completely, like this guy, uh, whether it be nihilism or whatever it is that attacked him psychologically, um, whatever issues he had. It, it became a part of his ego that he had to prove something to take revenge on the world, on innocent people. Like, that's evil. It's pure evil, and it's hard for most people to grasp that, that evil is there, and it's not going away. Whether we put a name racism or whatever else on it, uh, it it's not just going to disappear because we want it to. So, like you were talking, I, I think one of the things that I'm taking away is being able, you know, Matt, you were talking about being able to deliver mm-hmm. at X number distance. You know, grocery store could be, I mean, Walmart end-to-end could be 200 yards you know, is just massive. Now, am I going to take a 200 yard pistol shot? Absolutely not. But I've been training more for like a 50 yard shot. Now, am I going to be able to do it? I don't know, but it makes a 25 yard shot a lot easier and taking those low percentage shots, you know, a headshot at 25 yards. I'm trying to shoot a B eight at 50 yards, you know, those type of things. And I, I know, the, the three rounds, three seconds, three yards statistic. Well, that's all well and good if you run into that statistic. But what happens in this situation? Yeah. Homeboy's got body armor. He's got a rifle. You're outgunned. You are, there's no chance. You're, unless you brought your concealed carry rifle with you. Um, and you're not going back to the car to get your trunk gun. Let's be honest. No. So I, I think one of the, the big takeaways that I took from this whole thing is being able to take a low percentage shot on demand and knowing what your capabilities are. If you've got 15 yards on a headshot, then that's what you're bringing to the dance. Mm -hmm. If you've got a 30, if you've got 30 yards, you can make that headshot, then you're that much better and not settling for so a 10 yard headshot like that. That's, that's unacceptable at this point. Acceptable is 25 yard headshot. Absolutely. 100%. And to do that, not just not in a sunny day by yourself at the range, draw the gun and go mm-hmm. prep, 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 bang. Ooh, look at me. Like stop patting ourselves on the back for things that should be minimum standard. Mm-hmm. Like well, was it uh, Chris Woomer from Vale Solutions? Mm-hmm. He's been posting the like sprint 25 yards and shoot a B8 yep. or sprint shoot 25 yards and shoot a head box. Mm-hmm. Um, that that really got so we I revamped um, a pistol two class that we had um, here in Virginia 
specifically off of the conversation I had with Ed Monk about active shooters and based the entire class around like an active shooter scenario. We did those drills, you know, sprint 25. We did it um, backwards, meaning we started at the 50, sprinted to the 25 just for safety. So no one's downrange while one person's faster turning and shooting. But yeah. it was still a 25-yard sprint onto a B8. And I think it was very eye-opening. Um, yeah. but I think that is a way that I am going to start training more and more is putting yourself under some sort of stress and then guarantee the accuracy. So I think combination of the movement, which physical stress is different than psychological mental stress, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, guys that we talked to you guys, like Matt little Mike green guys that have been out there and, you know, probably killed more people than polio in the service of their country. Right. Or as a law enforcement officer, whatever they've had to do as tactical officers. Uh, they said, look, I, I've been in gunfights and the stress that you're talking about where we do 50 burpees and then jump around and carry heavy stuff isn't the same. Right. It, it is, it is similar in the sense that you are going to be physically exhausted if you have to fight. Like yeah. there is no way around it. If you've got to fight somebody, especially close range, John, I'm sure can attest to this. You can probably attest to this. If you've ever been close range with somebody and trying to fight, it's going to suck. You're going to be winded, gassed and trying to perform at a level that is, Hey, I might die if I don't do this. Um, the other part being psychological stress of this, hey, I'm about to possibly pull into a defensive situation and take someone's life or tr attempt to stop them. Uh, I've got to perform because it, it might cost other people's lives. Uh, being able to perform at that level mentally takes that focus. It takes purposeful attention to your skill set. Yeah. And if you're not practicing purposely, like if your whole purpose is to walk out there and hit the center of the target, no time limit, no distance really, then you're not doing yourself any favors. The other part being, uh, and this is going to be blasphemy for the tactical shooters, competition shooters have this mindset where we talk about the size of targets. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's far away or close. It's just the size of the target, right? We live in a two-dimensional world, and then you can interpret targets simply by the, the nature of how much time do I need to take to aim for this shot? Right? If your fundamentals are there, I can press the trigger without disturbing the sights. How much time do I need to take to aim? Press the shot. Uh, forget how far away it is. Treat it like any other shot. It's a one-inch square at three yards, or it's a head box at 25. It, it's the same process. So applying the mechanics to any situation, being able to do that on demand, that's that's critical. A couple other things that like I have written down here, like takeaways for myself i my number one takeaway was the ability to take a uh, low percentage shot but number two is um staying mobile uh and you know there were some people that laid on the ground and hid and tried to do like the the run hide fight i think that's what the federal government teaches and it just kind of brought back what ed monk was talking about on the podcast where he said fight flee barricade his number one thing is is fight right that shooter that so you had talked about it offline you know most of these active shooters they when they have some sort of force put up against them they e either are killed by that force meaning law enforcement security or a responsible armed citizen or they then see an adversary and they turn the gun on themselves yeah, or run away. Yeah. Yeah. They're the, the fight's going to stop. We need to be able to like stay mobile to deliver that fight to that individual. Now you're, you're extremely outgunned. 
I understand that, but you know, you've got to be able to know your skills and stay very mobile to get into the fight. Or, you know, if you do need to flee, I think the barricade, the laying down, you saw people laying down in the video, trying to hide. Um, I mean, that I think that's the worst of the options because as you saw in that video, he just went and, you know, basically executed them. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's, it's horrific because, uh, if somebody had just told him, Hey, don't stay here. You got to go. You got to get away from this crate. The only safety you've got at this moment, you have no way to defend yourself really. Uh, as far as a, a physical tool, you got to make space. You yeah. got to get away from that threat and, and change the, the dynamic of the situation as much as you can. Um, again, uh, looking at the, the demographics of the people that were injured or killed in this situation, mostly older people. There's a lot of, you know, 50 plus people. And the reality is they're not going to be able to just run away, especially if they're unhealthy, overweight, you know, people in there with a walker or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's a bad situation. He chose an easy target. Yes. Uh, and he did that knowingly. I'm, I, I don't see how you couldn't have. Well, and, I did see something that he was there like the day before or a couple days before scouting it out. And there was a gentleman that actually conversated with him that mm -hmm. time. And so, uh, you know, so he had been, he's gone there before. He's obviously been scouting Pacing it out. He it, yeah. knew, yeah, he knew his target. It was not, he, when he walked in there, he knew there wasn't going to be a bunch of hitters in there mm -hmm. where it was, a, it was a softer target. Yeah. He wouldn't have gone to shoot up the five eleven store is what you're saying. <laughs> probably. You never know, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, and I don't want to make light of that at all. Um, I just, it's a horrific situation. And I think problematically for me is the way people want to objectify the situation into it's a racial thing, which obviously for him it was, but I guarantee you any of us sitting here, not African-American, not, you know, show us that person that's willing to go out there and do that because of that. And we'll crush them. Right. Like that's, that's our whole point here is to empower, empower people to be able to defend themselves against this type of meaningless violence. Like there's, what do you do against such reckless violence just going out there to kill people? And the answer is, you know, throw it back at them. Honestly. I mean, that's the only, only way to push it. And I don't know that there's a good outcome for the situation, even if people had resisted, but all we can do is, is learn from it and look at that situation and realize, first of all, legally that situation disempowered those people to the point where there was, even if they, wanted to they were incapable of defending themselves uh and the police aren't coming not in time no so no it it it, it made me think a lot about like the conversation i had with ed and you know he said basically you can on these active shooter roles it's usually one victim every 10 seconds so you're looking about six a minute is what it averages out to. I would be interested to see how long the shooting actually took place. Because um, it's one thing, like, if no one's there in the building, but yet he hasn't been arrested yet or shot yet, I don't know that you count that time if he's just sitting there eating Cheetos, right? Mm -hmm. um, but of the shooting, it's usually about six a minute, and I bet you it probably held to about that amount of time. Well, Twitch he... pulled the video down in about three minutes. Okay. Um, 
they had pulled the, the stream off in about three minutes, which was, I think, where the end of that video you see is they chopped it. Um, so it wasn't a long time. Right. And he was able to kill or injure 13 or 14 people, which mm -hmm. yeah. right on pretty close, pretty yeah. close. So um, and, and we were talking about like the headshot. Look, John, you brought it up. There's some instructors that don't teach headshots. There's others. Uh, I think Aaron Cowan, that's like, hey, if if you're close enough and comfortable, that is the shot. Yeah. Right. Um, so and maybe trying to lean more toward that. I will say I don't know what the guy looked like. I'm assuming he's wearing a plate carrier, tactical gear, maybe some BDUs. He probably wanted to LARP a little bit as well. If you see somebody like that, it's we're not even worried about the body, right? It yeah. may not be plates or some sort of body armor, but if it looks like it, maybe we go straight to a low percentage shot. Well, I think um, in general, people need to stop training for the dumb bad guy. Like that, that's like, okay. Like the guy that's just like the dumb bad guy, basically, you know, he, he, he's going to walk into that. I mean, it's, there's, it's not even, it's going to be so easy. Like it's not even worth discussing, but if you train for like, one of the things I took away from it is I'm going to train for a guy like me. I'm going to train for a guy that's capable. I'm going to train for a guy that's informed, a guy that's, that's really looking at, it. I mean, when we look at the video, the guy made a reload and it was, it was pretty damn clean. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, he's wearing body armor. I mean, what, what we, I mean, and it's like, you can argue as far as the regulation banning a body armor, whatever. I, I think that's a, that's a null point because you can buy ceramic pretty easily and, you know, uh, Jerry rig, a plate carrier and, and body armor. I mean, that's, that's not a hard thing to do. Um, people act like that, that the materials are so, um, out of reach that it's like, oh, well, if we just ban the purchase, like that's going to stop it. Like, look, it's. That's There's people on YouTube making their own plates yeah. out of aluminum and stuff. Like it's, it's not an abnormal thing, you know, it's, it's not hard to do. It's not, I mean, look, you can, you can go on YouTube and learn some real slick tricks as far as like how to run a gun. You could learn some shit. Like YouTube is a library and you could learn anything on there, including how to effectively, um, you know, how to effectively take down people and, and do things that you're not supposed to. I mean, uh, there was a, they were, you know, that's how kind of like they talk about the, the YouTube armor because uh, guys mm -hmm. are basically messing with their with their firearms and all that. So, um, yeah, so the, the whole dumb bad guy thing or it's like, oh, well, you know, the, that that whole three yards, three seconds, you know, three rounds, that that's a dumb bad guy mantra. That That's what that is. That's like, you know, it's like, OK, like you think the bad guy is going to stand there. You really think three rounds is going to be enough. Do you really think that they're not going to be able to grab you? Do you really think that they're going to be at three yards? They're going to be able, they're going to present to you that they've have, uh, you know, capability, opportunity, and intent to, co to uh, commit serious bodily harm to you. And you're going to be able to draw your pistol and you're going to be able to fire three shots. You really think that's going to happen in three yards. It's like, like, okay, like we've got some blue guns. Like we can go ahead and test that theory out, bud. Right. So um there, there's um yeah the, the dumb bad guy theory like that it has to die 20 but it's more it's more comfortable as far as training like it people that same idea when people walk down to their target and there's shots all over the paper and they're like well he'd be dead i'm like yeah, well this is what you're talking about stop. right that whole that whole like like it's really it's a common vernacular to say hey look we're training under stress we're training under stress dude uh, i've 
done a shot timer a lot of times. I, I, I only, I exclusively train with a shot timer. A shot timer is not fucking stressful to me. If somebody's trying to hurt me or something like that, like that's not even stress. That's duress. I, I don't want to be in a situation where someone's trying to hurt me. Um, stress, it, it's like people can't delineate between per- pressure to perform and what stress is. If you're avoiding that pressure to perform, you're avoiding the test. That's why it's stressful for you because you're avoiding doing that shit. And this is your onus. Like you're, no one is coming to fucking save you, dude. You, you've got to be able to do it. If you're avoiding the pressure, that's why you're stressed out. So we had a student um, come in, guys, you know, pretty overweight, not, not skinny, uh, struggling, like out there on the range, you know, like it's 80, okay. 80 degrees and he's, <sighs> you know, and breathing hard. And, and he's like, man, you know, I just, I, I've never really had a gun before. And, you know, I saw this stuff going on and I was, I was worried, you know, I just went to buy a gun. I figured, you know, I maybe need to learn how to protect myself. I'm like, bro. That that voice you're hearing in your head that like I need to buy a gun, that's your evolutionary defense mechanism going, if something happens, I'm gonna die. Because you're not physically, mentally, or mechanically capable of defending yourself. You can't. And in this situation, something like this, obviously we talked about it, it's very difficult to predict how these things are gonna play out. They're almost always different, but there is one big key that I think that comes through is you're gonna get ambushed. Like every one of these shootings that we see, it begins with some sort of catastrophic ambush, whether it was the shooter in Aurora walking into a movie theater. It's a bunch of unsuspecting people. He walks in and just starts dumping. This dude walks into a grocery store parking lot, starts dumping. Like nobody wants a fair fight. And it's never going to be a fair fight in your favor. It's never, if anything, you're going to be behind the eight ball, uh, you know, way behind the power curve, trying to play catch up. And that's a horrible place to be. No matter what you're doing, I mean, imagine you're you're out just as a reference point. You're out on the range shooting drills with people, and they're like, "All right, we get three extra seconds and five yards closer than you do," um, or we get to shoot it with a rifle, and you've got to shoot it with a an LCR or a J frame Smith and Wesson. Like, it's it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be an enjoyable experience. And the more you prepare yourself for that horrible mental realization, and start choosing things to limit those damages to mitigate those problems and building your skill and your mindset to perform in those horrible situations you're not really taking defensive shooting seriously if you aren't you're not taking duty style shooting seriously if you're not like john said you're being under duress is different than psychological different than you know the timer stress or the pressure to perform and the the consequences being infinitely higher than a, a match or a drill or whatever, you know, it's your life or your family's life or other people's lives around you that you're now responsible for. And if you're unwilling to pick up that mantle to take on that onus that you talked about or unpleasant responsibility, that duty, you need to have a conversation with yourself. You need to have a real come to Jesus. Like who am I? And what is this about for me? Because uh, I'd rather have every, you know, a, a group of 10 guys out of 10,000 that are willing and prepared and mentally squared away for that rather than hundreds of thousands of people that might buckle, that might fold up and hurt themselves or hurt other people around them more or cause more damage. It's, it's a hard conversation to have because a lot of people say, it's my, it's my right to have a gun and defend myself. You're absolutely right. It is, but it's also a duty that you take on 
you decide to carry that gun, you're taking on a responsibility that's bigger than just my right. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's a hard conversation, and it's, it's unpleasant, again, because it has to be. Because if it isn't, then everybody would choose. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Sure. Yeah, so, go ahead, Luke. Uh, well, no, uh, I was just going to say, like, after this, Matt, are you changing anything in your in your personal training? I know we all shoot at distance, mm-hmm. shoot pistols at distance, um, and a lot of people don't. A B8 at 25 is demoralizing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, I mean, it's are you changing? It, it really is um, until you get good at it. Once you're good at it, it's like, you've unlocked the key and, and you'd be surprised at how, like how much confidence you actually can gain the first time you throw a 90, let's say, yeah. or an 88, which is not a horrible score at a B eight. You right. Yeah. So let's say the first time you throw an 88, man, your confidence goes through the roof. You know, I, I would argue that a hundred, like a hundred score, a perfect score is obtainable, but it may be on the brink of luck sometimes right but if you can consistently shoot 90 or better like that's that's an the next level and the amount of confidence that comes with that is astronomical what are you doing are you doing anything different are you shooting more distance what what's your plans moving forward so yeah absolutely i mean given a few things that we pulled specifically from this but also from other stuff that we've seen i mean it's been ongoing because we've seen tons of these types of incidents where um whether it was ended poorly like this one or not the realization that your your skill set needs to be uh, complete as much as you can make it, right? You talk about shooting B8s at 25 yards. Um, B8s at 25 yards are difficult, but the reason that it's difficult is because you have missing skill sets, right? There's a basis of skill set, fundamental structure, mechanics that you need to have in order to succeed at that level, right? You're not just going to fall into a 100 B8. At 25 yards, you're not going to wake up one day and be like, I feel pretty good today. Let's go pow, pow, pow and shoot a 100. No. Um, also, the amount of energy and work that that almost seems like a parlor trick to me. Like if you can see, show me somebody that's never shot a 100, but consistently shoots 95s at speed under duress on speed bulls. I'm, I'm way happier with that. Um, but that person who shoots those speed bulls at 95s all the time probably going to be the guy that shoots the 100 b8s because they've got the focus they've got the the patience the visual and, and mechanical competency to do that um guys like bill blower says something i think he's the only person that i know that shot a 10x 100 b8 um which is spicy mm-hmm. and the guys like abe Froman, guys at the amu that are shooting 50 yards one-handed and shooting 90s plus at 50 that's showing that there is a capability beyond what we think and they're doing with iron sights too uh which is crazy but if we as mere mortals living on the astral plane below that not on mount olympus uh can stand up with a a red dot gun or a pistol at you know 25 yards and throw a 90 plus that's a step that's a stepping stone and that's the right direction um the one thing i will say is like you mentioned chris woomer has been posting these videos about you know shooting and movement drills implementing movement and then to shooting and forcing yourself into those high high precision shots um i would say that for me i've I've been developing a drill myself which is uh starting at 25 yards uh, on the timer draw walk to 20 and shoot five rounds 
then do the same from 20 to 15, 15 to 10, 10 to five. You have to do the whole string, four stages, under 15 seconds. Anything outside of the A zone is a zero. Uh, it's painful. The first time I shot it, I think I shot a 78. Uh, and like right at 1480 something, I was like, this right. is way harder than I thought. Um, but it is attainable. It is something you can learn to do. And that's, I think, something too that we mentioned, like being able to shoot on the move, maintaining your mobility. Um, and those considerations are real and at least introducing to yourself because you don't want test day to be the first day you're doing that. You don't want to try and figure it out on the way. Uh, that's that's not how it works. Uh, one of the guys that I really enjoy talking to and, and seeing his posts is Mike Pannone, uh, CTT Solutions. He talks a lot about, um, recently he's been talking about vehicle shooting. Like we see this a lot in people standing up in their vehicles or getting in their vehicles and shooting through the windshield and stuff. He said, look, if you're ambushed in your car, you're in a death box. Standing there and shooting it out is going to not, it's not going to save you. Uh, get away from it. And I thought that was super interesting to me. Like if somebody ambushes you in your car and they're outside and you're in your car, what are you going to do? Yeah. Put it in drive, run them over. And there it is. <laughs> Goodbye. <It's not laughs> but, <so bad> <laughs> but at the same time, um, that ambush, that mentality, it crosses over to a lot of our shooting because like you said, this person walked through the parking lot. They have no idea. Yeah. First person they got smoked. Bang. What do you do as a responding? Like if you're that person, you were your Darwin's, you know, whatever percentage um, it just was. I think and, one of the things we got to delineate to uh, between is re uh, reacting versus responding. Because if you don't know what you need to see, then a lot of times you're reacting to shit. Okay. Like, I don't know how he pulled up. I mean, maybe there was a cue there, right? Maybe he pulled up real hard, parked it really hard and got out. I mean, there, I'm not saying that there's anything different that could have been done. I'm saying that it's, there are things to learn as far as seeing what you need to see, let you know, like you're about to take contact. Oh, oh there, like there's pre-contact cues. There's pre-combat cues. There's all like uh, the typical criminal paradigm is like, there's always some type of indicator. Like this is about to get nasty. This is about to get bad. So I think the problem there is for the large part, most of the general public doesn't want to believe that this kind of stuff is going to happen to them. Yeah. Normalcy bias is strong. We're like, nah, that happens in other places. That doesn't happen to people like me. I'm a good person. I've done good things. You know, one of the guys that was killed in this incident was a preacher who was driving to people to and from the grocery store because they didn't have a car. Like, that's that's terrible. It's horrible. It's unbelievably catastrophic to the community. Talk about the families that have lost their people. You know, the, their mothers, fathers, sisters, whatever. It's horrible. Um, but those people are not going to go out and seek out extended training on pre-assault indicators. Like they, they probably don't even know that that exists at that level. Right. Um, and that is the issue for me that, that really strikes the core where there's going to be a small number of people in, in our culture, in our society, they're going to choose to seek this out because it's hard. Yeah. There's, there's a word for that. It's called fodder. So that's, that's exactly, you're making the choice to be that. Um, and I'm saying it that way. And I hope it kind of, I hope it, it kind of clicks with people. I hope it, I hope it rubs them the wrong way that I'm saying that if that's the choice you're making, like, I hope it rubs you the wrong that I'm saying, I hope it rubs you the wrong way that I'm saying that. So that way you actually do something to change it. So Maybe it'll be that key that so picks it up. Yeah. But, but getting back to kind of the, the shooting at distance, um, 
one thing I think uh, that, I, you know, just kind of two takeaways for people, uh, for guys at home looking for like, hey, how do I train? Like, what do I need to do different? I mean, uh, I think it's really important that people run their defensive ammo from 25 yards. And like, and people don't really understand like, or they're, they need to go ahead. Like if they've run in a dot, they need to go ahead and re-zero that, uh, maybe dial it down because if your, your dots too bright, it's going to affect your accuracy at 25. Uh, you know, or if you're a madman like Luke shooting at 50 yards. So like maybe, maybe dial your dot down a bit, but the, I think those three things like, um, you know, that's, that's something people like go, go confirm your zero at 25. Shoot five rounds of your training ammo, five rounds of your defensive ammo. Kind of see see where that see where your offset is, so that we can make that compensa- uh, compensation on the fly, and uh, maybe try to dial your dot down. Maybe that'll help you out with some accuracy for guys that are struggling with that uh, twenty five yard shot. So I think that's a actually a perfect segue to kind of close this down because we're getting right up against it. I will say this: if you want to learn how to shoot at twenty five yards, fifty yards. Uh, come out and take a class with us. Our website is green-ops.com. There is the schedule there. You can see all of our defensive pistol one, defensive pistol two, red dot pistol, advanced application of pistol fundamentals, skills and drills, all those type of things. We cover um, pretty much in every class we're going to shoot 25 yards. Uh, There are other classes like the advanced application of pistol fundamentals. We're shooting over 100 yards on steel. So being able to do that, not saying you're ever going to take a hundred yard shot, but being able to hit a piece of steel at a hundred makes hitting that piece of steel at 25 extremely easy. So, uh, thanks guys for coming on. I know I cut you off, Matt, but back to you real fast, last words and how do people get a hold of you? Uh, so last words, get training. Don't let your bias and your comfort with where you are in shooting keep you there. Find that next step, find that, that ability to push past what you thought your limits were, um, whether it's physically, mentally, whether it's in your medical training, your shooting training, um, whether it's just in your community, like reach out to people and get to know that your neighbors, like you the way we defeat this kind of violence is by being aware of who's around us and being kind to those people, right? Like each individual person has a choice to make there. Um, on that note, you can reach me. Uh, my Instagram is McGuire underscore the way forward. Uh, you can reach me through Green Ops. Obviously, just uh, send an email to the info at green-ops.com and, and request a private lesson or see what the schedule is. Um, I'm actually teaching uh, skills, pistol skills and drills uh, this Saturday, so if you're interested, come on out and shoot with us. Yeah, awesome. John, your last words, and how do people get a hold of you? I mean, for last words, if... Uh... If you're, a, especially if you're a man, but you're, you're somebody who uh, all self-defense starts from the point that your life has value. So act like your life has value, value yourself. You know what you need to do. You know, the things you need to do better. I mean, you don't necessarily need to run a new, a new, you know, a new red dot or a new silencer or anything like that. You probably need to run a couple miles. So like, let's go ahead and embrace that you have a duty to perform. Especially if you're a man, you have a burden of performance. Um, So go ahead, get training, whether it's with us or somebody else. Make sure you guys are getting out there, getting into something because it's just you. Okay. And if you want to get a hold of me, uh, easiest email info at greenops.com. Find me on Instagram, John V underscore actual. 
Awesome. So thanks guys for joining me. Um, I am on Instagram. I'm Wreck It Luke on Instagram. You can also follow uh, Green Ops on Instagram. I think it's Green Ops Inc. So follow us there. If you have any questions or uh, anything that you want to see in the future, you can reach out on Instagram. Also info at green-ops.com. Uh, that is where a lot of um, questions come in. Also, if you are not in the Texas area or Virginia area, but would like some training from us anywhere in the U.S., send an email to that info at green-ops.com and we can come to you, you know, Matt, John, and myself, or you can ask for whoever for whatever class and we can come and give you the training at your location. I said it at the beginning, I'll say it again. Make sure you like, subscribe, share with all of your friends. Um, make sure that this podcast grows but last words right this is a tough uh, podcast to even talk about we're all adults so let's be adults let's get better let's make ourselves harder to kill we are super easy to kill so let's try to get a little bit harder with that mom love you we'll talk to you all soon everybody else get out there get training become harder to kill